Hello and welcome to the Tech Malarkey podcast hosted by Stephen and Sarah, where we take a light-hearted look at tech-related topics. Let's get going. I think imposter syndrome is kind of a tricky one. It's a little bit hard, I think, to actually define what it is and to give it, you know, sort of like, yeah, what's the kind of the, the outline of it? What What is it? Who does it affect? When does it affect people? Do you know what I mean? Or am I completely? <laughs> imposter syndrome is a state of mind. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, have to really get in the groove to believe that you are terrible at what you're doing. <laughs> I absolutely 100% have this disclaimer up front. <laughs> I, I, go on. No, all I was going to say was I've so I have done a bit of reading around it and I've tried to, you know, figure out how to get over it, basically. And it was something that was coined, I think, from a, a research piece from the 70s. And that was based on women in the workplace um, who were predominantly in positions that were held by men previously. Um, but what has happened more recently is they've realized, actually, no, men are really affected by this, too. It's something across yeah. both spheres, yeah. you know. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen imposter syndrome in more women than I have men uh, to a certain extent. I I think Mm. where it comes out is if you're in a position or role, there's a few places where I've seen this come up. But I think if you're in a position or role that is stereotypically um, used or or occupied by somebody else or like stereotypically, Mm. you don't match. Or sorry, if you don't match the stereotype Mm -hmm. of the stereotypical person in a position. Position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where uh, imposter syndrome ends up uh, kind of coming out uh, to light. Like I, I'm very familiar with imposter. Imposter syndrome is prevalent through tech. Totally, yeah. Agree on that. There's two, and for the two reasons of mm-hmm. well, if you're a female going into tech, you're not matching the stereotype, or if you are a, a tech, <laughs> if you're a tech. <laughs> I, straight away you said that and I have this <laughs> image in my mind <laughs> it's a bit like you <laughs> yeah full neck beard <laughs> Just, I, can, I can grow no facial hair above the cheekbones <laughs> that's how neck beard no I what I was actually saying was a total legend <laughs> yeah 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 what uh, leg- yeah, full yeah. neck beard <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the uh I just I I always felt like I was behind because I couldn't grow a full neck beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's why women have yeah. big imposter syndrome. Yeah, that's the what it is. Yeah, their their lack my, of my lack there. of beard growing yeah, ability. Yeah, yeah. The stereotype is like your know, male who have done computer science, like it's some sort of computer science. So especially mm. like it's it's probably less so in America, even though there's plenty of articles oh, okay. and blog posts yeah. on people who because they didn't go to college for computer science mm. they feel less mm. than most of their colleagues yeah. who would have gone and, and done it even mm. though they've done some other route yeah um, mm. so mm. like i would have had it at the start because i didn't do the computer science undergrad so it's like well it's hard to get into programming it's hard mm. to get into tech and if you don't have the computer science background because they do x y and z but if you kind of break it down mm. you get o- like not that you get over but it's it's kind of imposter syndrome can fall from the wayside or at least from from my mm. experience mm. the way to quell it is to just give it facts yeah because people will build up um what is expected of them well i'm mm-hmm. not i sure. didn't do computer science therefore 
or I need to write so much more code to prove mm. that I can write code. Whereas mm. like, that's not how anything works. It's it's a yeah. case of, do you have the experience? Do you have the understanding? Yeah. Well, you just, just do that. Um, yeah. You don't have to prove anything. And I think that's where it also comes is if mm. you're trying to prove something, um, it kind of feeds into itself of like, oh, I have to prove mm. myself to do this because I'm not that. Mm-hmm. But because I'm not that, I, I shouldn't be even given the opportunity to prove myself. It's, I understand, yeah. yeah. It gets into that kind of circle of things. Yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. Um, I had recently got some advice that the best thing to do is just to kind of get practicing. And the more you practice something, the more you, you know, actually physically do a certain task, the more comfortable you will get. So, and I know this is a thing with anxiety is to just get going with whatever the task is, you know, just don't think about perfection. Don't think about what you should be doing. Just get going. And if it's not perfect, that's okay. And give yourself the bit of grace, you know, to actually go. It doesn't need to be a hundred percent every time. Imposter syndrome is striving for a perfection in a way that doesn't exist. Like you might look at somebody else and go, they are hitting the marks. They're amazing. They just know what they're doing. They were born this way. They were built to do this and I'm not. But the reality of it is that they were not born that way and they've probably worked very hard and maybe they are wired differently. Maybe they are wired in a way that they can comprehend comprehend things very quickly. But maybe they're really good at speaking the language that they need to speak in order to be recognized in the role that they're in. And maybe they have many years of experience doing that. And that's why they come across like that. And somebody else looks at you and thinks the very same thing. But it's all like, it's like a perspective thing, isn't it? You know, when you're looking at it from the outside, it's very, and I think the big thing with imposter syndrome is we don't treat ourselves in the way that we treat other people. So like, let's say I'm going, oh, I'm not good enough at this. I am, I'm stumbling, I'm falling down. This should be coming to me a lot quicker. If a friend of mine was talking to me, I'd be going, you're doing great. Look at all the things you've done. Look at this, 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 and this you've done this week. You know, this is amazing. But if it's me, I'm going, yeah, but I didn't do this, this, and this. And I'm not seeing all the good stuff I've done, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. And and that's where yeah. I think measuring, like measuring what you, like the best combatant to imposter syndrome mm. is to measure what you have done and appreciate what you have done. Because For sure, yeah. As you say, in perfectionism, it's about mm-hmm. what haven't you done yeah. versus what have you done. And mm-hmm. it's that case of you've 80% done, that last 20% is going to kill you. Yeah. And nobody else is doing the last 20% anyway. And in fact, no. <laughs> I, I think I think what an imposter syndrome and and uh, we'll say self-esteem to one uh, like sense or another, mm-hmm. um, what it does is it moves the goals. Like you are moving your own goalposts. Yeah. Um, like somebody coming in who is confident it's going to be like, okay, this is, I know where good enough is. Mm-hmm. I know where excellent is and I know where perfect is. Whereas if you're coming in, it's like, oh, I need to, I need to do this right. Yeah. You'll move goalposts. Like you, like even mm-hmm. I, I find where um, imposter syndrome can really lead to burnout is when your definition of good enough is nearly perfect for, like it's perfection for everybody else. You've, you've yeah. moved your own goalposts um, and, and you need to get that kind of objectivity yeah. back. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Now, there's another thing. So like if you change a uh, job, so you move to a new company and you're trying to yes. figure out the yeah. culture, you're trying to figure out what's expected of you and so on. Like at the start, you're trying to really impress people, right? So I think it can be very hard then to navigate because you're not really sure what, where are those goalposts, you know, like what wh- yeah. what is the yeah. level that's acceptable? Um, Where do people really excel or maybe where do things sort of 
fall behind a little bit, whatever, you know. So that can be really tricky. And I know I've had that when I've gone into something else and I'm like, or a new project, whatever it is within, a, within yeah. an organization. It's like you can go so hard at it then. You can go so sort of mm, focused yeah. and you're, like you said, you're expecting like 100% and you don't even realize that you were trying to go for 100% and everybody yeah. else is at 60 because you're mm. trying to still navigate what's, I think that's really tricky actually. That's something that I've noticed is, yeah, how, how do you navigate that? I still don't think I've quite got the answer on that one when yeah, you're into and, a new project or a new job or whatever. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And and that's one of those things where um, experience and practice, as you say, like mm-hmm. all practice and experience is really giving you is um, instinct and like a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, it's something where... That's a good point, yeah. Like swimming in that kind of new experience, you, you'll default back to whatever your defaults yeah. are. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas I think yeah. there's there's definitely times where I've landed into a project where it's mm-hmm. like, look, we have this issue and mm-hmm. I don't know the tech, I don't know the stack, I know very little mm-hmm. of the surrounding. Nah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but it's it's gone, oh, yeah. we have this error. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. if I had this error in something that I was familiar with, it's probably going to be around this area. Sure. And then I'd ask the question of, well, how does this area work? Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you ask the questions your instincts and your gut feelings will will show up whereas like yeah that's experience you're right yeah that is experience that's experience speaking you've done this you've you run through it you know i did a a course a few years ago and it was only it took me a while to actually realize how you can actually implement the things that i had learned on Mm. a day-to-day basis because you know the way when you study something it's not linear (laughs) and often it will take elements of something that you've actually learned um, and it won't take a lot of it you know there'll be different ways there'll be different tools different systems whatever that they're using and they'll have certain aspects of let's say project management or something that they are actually using you know like agile methodology for example i remember working on a team and somebody constantly going in about agile but we didn't follow agile methodology yeah. whatsoever yeah. but they just liked the buzzword and they like so when i did a course around that then i realized oh yeah okay <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole thing here yeah. you know this is a whole way of working but um um, like you said, like there's kind of this thing of um, the more experience you get with it. And I noticed that when I did that course, um, once I started to realize, oh, I can take these elements out and I can actually, if I just change the language, maybe restructure my, reframe my way of thinking about this, then there is these bits of experience that I have that I can actually sort of assimilate into this new experience, if you get me. Mm. But that can be probably really terrifying when it's only your very first or very early experiences of oh, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the human brain, while it is amazing, is absolutely a jerk sometimes. So like, oh, God, yeah. what what we don't know is vast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and what we know is so little, whereas a lot of the time it's that's the other way around. That's imposter syndrome for you, though, yeah. because <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's that to me is speaking from a normal mindset. That's probably mm. where most people are at, where they're going, I don't really know very much at all. And probably a lot of yeah. people in some way have a sense of imposter syndrome about them. Um, but I. I think yeah. imposter syndrome is where you put expectations on curiosity. Like I'm going into something knowing nothing and I'm curious about it. I'm not going yeah. into something with the expectation of I need to be an expert in it. Yeah. Now, like again, that that's one of the things where mm-hmm. like when I was starting out, oh, if I don't know how to connect to this database, now they're going to fire me. Yeah. Um, and that's not how any of it works. Yeah. 
works. Um, but if I go into it where I'm curious and I just start asking questions of like, well, how does that yeah. date model relate to this? Or how does that work? Or could you explain that again? Like, Do I die in my shoes? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm like, Look Please over there. tell me, can I eat food yeah. today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can somebody tell me, can I use the toilet? <laughs> so where is the front door? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. How does the salary work? Um, yeah. But I, I would say like, uh, yeah, for, for, for imposter syndrome, like you're putting a lot of expectations on yourself. Yeah, you're supposed and, to know everything. And that's really, really not the case. And yeah. if anybody treat, that's the one thing, though, right? If you're treated like you should know things. Do you know what's hard is if you do put up your, your hand and you do get a bit of a kickback on something, then it's really hard because <laughs> then you really are like, oh, I really am an imposter. But I do think that happens very rarely. I, <laughs> I think that's more of a red flag on wherever you're currently at. If uh-huh. you're in a position where you're not supported, you're in a position where you're not supported. Like mm-hmm. I have, I have, it's very rare. But we've probably all had that at some stage or another with somebody who yeah. is just difficult. As you, you say know? that, I think, that, so, mm-hmm. so I, I think it's, it's a, that's an interesting point. And I think it was yep. Bertram Russell made the point of, Joe. You know, who was it? Bertram Russell, my good friend. Bertram my good friend Bertram. Um, Joe, the, the <laughs> From foolish. Belly Hike. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what was the quote now it's the um, the foolish are cocksure and the intelligent are dumbfounded it, mm. it's the idea of well people who don't know stuff are very confident in what they yes. don't know yes. um, and the people who are like it's the thing of mm. like if you're aware of how much you don't know you're like oh I know nothing yeah um, but oh, gotcha. I think you, mm. but, but back to your point in terms of well if somebody asks the question and you really should know you really should know the answer mm. that's more on the person then I don't think mm. I, I think anybody who has the introspection to have imposter syndrome like one of the things that I tell people is like you need to be paranoid that you're wrong mm. because a lot of people mm-hmm. just assume that they're right you've had to tell people that I I like I use it as my own personal philosophy when I'm doing uh, okay. a certain amount of development it's it's the case mm-hmm. of oh I think it does this but how do I prove it like I'm, I'm always mm. kind of mm-hmm. on Mm-hmm. the on the lookout to to not assume things and to yeah. to like you know, yeah. and again the way I was reared in my mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. like if I'm doing stuff in production I still can't do it mm-hmm. without a, a raised heartbeat <laughs> Like yeah, yeah, and yeah, every yeah. like there's not there's not mm. a day goes by or a week mm. or a month goes by where if I'm doing something in a test environment I'm like wait this is definitely a test environment yeah right? yeah <laughs> but you know this is this is like this is like it's test environments it's it's on computers it's on servers it's on whatever mm. how do you deal with that when you are dealing with actual human beings. <laughs> you're doing these things on sorry this is a real like you know I've gone off here but if somebody's working in the medical industry and they are literally dealing with human beings and they're having to interesting point amazing point because I did want to come back around to this I think they can't have imposter syndrome can they exactly you see right they have to be confident they have no it's they have to be confident right but um, that's the wrong word though it's not confidence they have to just have have belief in what they're doing that it's correct the feedback 
technique and the proof mm. is straight away in front of them. We are better okay. uh, equipped to deal with uh, physical manifestation of our work versus, like again, okay. a farmer doesn't have imposter syndrome that he can, can't can plough the field um, because okay. again, the field is there, it is ploughed. He's able to do it. Whereas we work in the digital space mm. where it's a lot less tangible, like it's there, like a document, a Word document is there, but it's not tangible. Yeah. Yes. Like it's, yeah, it's you're kind of waiting of, for that yeah. feedback that may come, which not yeah. never so, usually comes. Yeah. But you're, you yeah, have exactly. that little thing in your head going, what if I get that little bad piece of feedback? You know, <laughs> like the amount of, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the amount of writers that will convince themselves they're not writers, even Stephen King, if you read his autobiography, uh-huh. like they, they will prove in their minds that they are not an author until the book is in their hand. Mm. It's like, well, I am a writer because the book is in my hand. And mm-hmm. then they go writing again. But because it's all not mm-hmm. tangible, they yes. make up the, well, they, they mm. kind of prove themselves or, mm. or think themselves into an imposter syndrome. So I think mm. in other industries, it's, it's like tech, it, it is highly prevalent. But I think one of the reasons mm. for that is one, because kind of it's not a well-defined industry in and itself. Like a, mm-hmm. a solicitor is not going to have imposter syndrome because, mm. well, they're going to have exams. There's the bar exam. Oh, I could to... still see it being prevalent in something like that. I'm sure you would get, I'm sure you would. I think it's probably in a lot of, I do think it's, there's a huge amount of in tech, don't get me wrong. Mm. But like, I do think it's probably in an awful lot of industries, an awful lot of jobs. Like when I started talking about like, oh, I definitely have imposter syndrome. When I started reading yeah. about it, I was like, tick, 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 tick on everything. Um, when I started talking to, about, talking to people about it, they were, there was an awful lot of people who were kind of going, yeah, there's definitely a touch of that with me. Or yeah, I full blown have it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were coming from all, you know, educational backgrounds, mm. um, you know, medical administrative backgrounds, all sorts of different areas, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's massive. I do think it's, it's hugely there. And I think it's very much tied up with anxiety. And I think it's very much tied up with the pandemic and probably the overthinking and this, this, you know, the way our, our mental space was so fraught or for a lot of people anyway, it was so fraught mm. for, for such a long time. So I do feel like it's probably been at a sky high level over the last two and a half years. That's my reading on it anyway. Yeah. And, and I'd agree, uh, especially with the, um, with the idea around uh, things moving to the digital space mm-hmm. because you're, you're, you're removing feedback again. Again, yeah. And you, that, that, yeah. sorry, you know, to cut across you, but yeah. that, that visual thing of having somebody in front of you, like I've started a new job during the pandemic and it is much harder when you don't see somebody and you start yeah. working with them to get yeah, a feel yeah, for yeah. things and to know how you're actually doing. And you yeah. could be doing super well, but it is, it's really hard to get a read. Really hard well, yeah, to get a read. Especially if you're looking at the default profile picture on Teams or something like sure. that. Like, yeah. it, like there's plenty of places that don't have it. Like mm. they they never really got a, a webcam policy or a digital policy because it's like, oh, we'll be back to the office, we'll be back to the okay, office. Okay, right. It's just, yeah. now, now the culture is mixed between new people who are like always camera on and mm. um, the old Garrett where it's just like sure why would I put on the camera um, and the group mm. sessions and or even like you know, even mm. in classrooms and stuff like that there was never right, any yeah. um, camera mm-hmm. on policy for the Department mm. of Education that was all up to the students and the teachers Okay, um, and right. again you can't you mm-hmm. can't mark down people for, for not having a webcam on because you mm-hmm. don't know if, if it's genuinely broken 
or if there's an issue or if, yeah because um, all the webcams just suddenly broke there last year <laughs> yeah 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 or or the amount of um videos or tiktoks or what have you <laughs> of students um uh putting in like a video loop so you can set your webcam onto a video <laughs> so they just record themselves oh, wow. and then just turned okay. off their webcam and now that's laziness serious laziness yeah yeah <laughs> to be fair there i remember seeing um a gif or something like that and it was gif gif who knows <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody um sitting at a computer desk on a video conferencing call and it was a cardboard cutout of their you know upper torso and then behind oh, that yeah. they're asleep you know <laughs> so it looks yeah, like they're yeah, really yeah, engaged yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i was like that is so clever but also terrible <laughs> anyway yeah, yeah uh, it's um I, yeah i do think the pandemic has made things worse i think people have to like yeah learn to deal with that in some way shape or form if they're going through anything you know as a result of all of that because it is it's still strange times we're still all kind of getting over it in a way i think you do have to yeah. give yourself a bit of space to actually actively kind of you know come to terms with the fact that there is an imposter syndrome or an anxiety or whatever mm. and that it's okay to sort of oh yeah that's there and i'll do something now i'll do something proactive i'll watch some youtube clips i'll talk to somebody i'll read a book you know i read a really good book around it that really helped me and you know just move on and get on with the rest of your life because and that sounds a lot easier than it is it isn't but it's okay to go there's something like this there and it was probably made a bit worse in the last couple of years and now i can just be proactive and i can go on to the next chapter you know that i can just do that and it's a positive move that i'm making for myself career wise and mental wise and whatever you know so yeah and i think it's as you say it's if you can point to it mm-hmm. and because i i i fully believe that there are people who before the pandemonium absolutely had were happy in their position mm. and now that it's all gone digital there's mm. a lot more anxiety around it mm-hmm. um, what I would say is people people don't have a digital norm yes yeah um, okay. and it'll take a while yeah. for for mm. everybody to, to adapt but mm. there's always the scenario of just ask um like it, it's one of those things mm. of people don't ask these things because it would be very obvious in a mm. conversational setting to see mm-hmm. right they seem to like the cut of my jib um <laughs> versus on a team's call it's like okay well bye and they go okay like you you have no idea like even somebody yeah <laughs> even somebody how they say goodbye mm. can really set you off into a spiral totally, like, yeah. oh they didn't say goodbye or good luck or nice talking to you they just said okay or they just uh-huh. said like you know, right <laughs> but like even that thing it's it's so simple but like you're going are they really listening to me and actually they're writing back to a really important message that's in front of them and they're totally yes. distracted you know yes and you are more aware of that when they're in the room with you yeah and it can actually really set you off but if you're thinking a little bit over time anyway <laughs> but the, that's not good. The, the other thing as well and and i i mm. i do it every so often now where mm. if i'm coming into a chat because i had to, like if i read something and then something else happens and i'm answering something i'll go back to them like sorry yeah. i was just dealing with it like you would do it in real life but we mm. don't do it in chat if somebody came into the room and you were typing back it's like sorry i just have to deal with this and then i'll right. be right with you yeah um yeah. we don't yeah. do that in in a chat we no. just wait and leave it Talks, um, yeah. and then you're you're message is just left on red for 10 minutes as well i must have said something wrong there or i know i know yeah 
I'll yeah, have to come back totally. to that. <laughs> I'm the worst for like reading an email. And then we actually don't do a lot of emails, but reading an email, rereading the email, e- re- reading it again, uh, changing that, you know, I overthink yes. the tone of these things yes. so much. Yeah. Like I'm desperate. I still haven't found a way to, I do try to go like, no, write the email and do what the, the people do that literally send an email and yeah. they have no thought about it. They type, 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 and on they go with their day. Try and, try and get into that mindset. But it's so hard for me to. I, I think it's, yeah, there's, there's a fine line there. Like, mm. I think it's one of those things of there's a level of respect that you put into an email in terms yeah. of, OK, I'm, I'm giving this my full attention. It's going to be punctuated mm. properly. It's going to be spelled correctly. Come on, versus, semicolons and apostrophes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus your reply, LOL, JK, go do that or back <laughs> later. Like, yeah, you can't yeah, put yeah. text speak into an email because yeah. you're really like, like there is a fine line there of like mm. the amount of time you give a message mm. is directly correspondent to what position in the company is this here person? now okay here's something <laughs> i agree with you on that but also that's part of my imposter syndrome because i'm like they've sent me some crappy old little whatever response they don't care too much about oh, yeah. what i'm asking yeah, them yeah, about yeah. Yeah, which yeah, feeds yeah. into the imposter syndrome <laughs> so don't tell me that's what they're doing <laughs> yeah, yeah. no it's just that they're super busy and everybody yeah. is that's something that i would think everybody is so busy they're so much busier than i am and it's like no <laughs> they're just they're just dealing with yeah. their day differently yeah. you know maybe yeah. they're not so good with time management and they're like super up the walls that week because they left it the one thing and this is separate from imposter syndrome and everything but it's just <laughs> happened a couple of times now where do you get the messages where somebody will say hi your name and then no following no follow-up oh. message no not anymore i used to get that and it yes. used to drive me nuts and also <laughs> yes they never got my name right <laughs> I actually gave out one one time I actually yeah. gave out to one poor guy who just got me on a bad day and I was like this yeah. is how you write my name <laughs> and he's like oops sorry <laughs> oh, he was really nice to me name. after that and I was like I'm yeah. sorry he got me on a bad day <laughs> um, but and, and it's funny because and what I find is if I'm having a bad day mm. any digital interaction is immediately clouded whereas if I'm having a bad uh-huh. day in the office, mm. there's always something to. <laughs> what like, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's somebody I can just <laughs> catch so by the throat. Um, oh, no, there's okay. <laughs> highly abusive re- yeah, colleague. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but even just to walk up and just get coffee and mm. like just slam the cup. Like you mm. can do stuff in mm. in like an office or a physical environment. Yeah. Versus, oh, because the mm. tone just doesn't come across. Like you have the same tone, and then everything yeah. you're reading is in that tone yeah that's yeah, the yeah. bit that i find is like a a, a filling loop of like yeah. if you're in a bad mood every yeah. message you read yeah. is in a bad yeah. mood <laughs> that's true actually yeah whereas, that is true like, yeah yeah whereas if you're in a call mm. or, or with somebody their mood can mm. you can start kind of um mm. reflecting their mood you do you do absolutely yeah 100 percent. yeah you're totally picking up on it and you're feeding um, on it yeah, yeah yeah so i think i think that's the trouble now is trying to just now again in, mm. in like imposter is all about your state of mind and where you set your goalposts first and like what you're kind of bringing um, but I think the digital age or how we dig- digitally interact really doesn't do you any favours with, with a lot mm-hmm. of it I think you've summed it up perfectly there I don't think we can say anything better than that <laughs> I think that's a, the full stop on a good conversation I do too <laughs> Thank you. 
Thanks a million for joining us for this week's episode of the Tech Malarkey podcast. We'll see you next time.